The Tefl Commute, Episode 4, Excuses, in which we discuss classic excuses for not doing homework. We listen to cheesy or not-so-cheesy quotes about excuses, and we hear Sean's new game for teachers, Timeline. You're listening to The Tefl Commute, Episode 4. Let's get started. You're listening to the Tefl Commute Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Tefl Commute. My name is Lindsay Clanfield. And I'm Sean Wilden. There. That was a nice, quick introduction. It was quicker than our usual ones, that's for Yes, sure. it is. We're experimenting with this, listeners. We're going to be trying all kinds of different introductions. Anyway, uh... This episode is episode four, and the topic of our episode this time is, Sean? Uh, why the dog at my homework? Yes, or in uh, the one-word equivalent is excuses. So, we're going to be talking any? about excuses. Yes. Why the dog at my homework? Does that, it's, it's a silly excuse. Yeah. Does it ever get used anymore? I don't even, I, as a teacher, I've never actually heard it. No, Has I it, think it, it's almost apocryphal, isn't it? Yeah. It's, Has anyone um, ever used it, do you think? I wonder. I, I was looking around. I couldn't find, like, the origin of it. But no, I, never... I, I tried to find the origin as well. I mean, there are plenty of websites where which are sort of named after it, but I just wonder if it's one of those things that we expect people to have said but not, not yeah. said. And, in fact, um, most people, well, websites seem to be suggesting these days that the dog doesn't eat the homework anymore, the printer does or email does. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that uh, we're, well, we're going to be talking about excuses, different things of excuses, but let's start with student excuses for not doing homework. This is what most teachers are probably familiar with, is students, uh, students not doing homework and then giving you some kind of excuse. And you're right, Sean, I think that the new dog ate my homework has got to be technology related. What kind of excuses would we be getting these days from students not doing their English homework. <laughs> I, I mean, emailed it to you, but it bounced back. Yes, that's true. Check your spam, because I'm sure I sent it. Uh, also, oh, my internet was down. Yeah, the internet was down. My It was on my... I never got the email, or I, 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 I the date was wrong on the email. That would be another one. Or I never got the assignment, especially with assignments being sent uh, digitally, sort of not done in class, but maybe the, the teacher has uploaded uh, the assignment to uh, to, to the uh, platform or a blog. Uh, it, 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 I think so. <laughs> Although this one is probably kind of weird. Windows crashed and I lost it. Yeah, I actually can't believe that one. <laughs> yeah, that would be totally believable. Um, and that would that, that, that excuse could be used again and again, right? Yeah, I uh, think so. yeah absolutely. According to uh, um 87% of all uh, student excuses now are technology related. So... Yes. Is that the one where also the teachers hear four excuses a day? Yeah, apparently. Yeah. That's, that's weird. I don't know if I hear four excuses a day. You definitely get um, excuses that are, are technology related or just sort of like, I've just been really busy or... Yeah, I guess if you count, if I've been busy or sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm late, those kind of things. They're, they're, as excuses, then I think four is easy. 
Oh yeah, of course. His excuses for getting late to to class and everything—that one you would hear quite a lot, definitely. But um, I'm not sure if her four homework excuses uh, a day. Sorry, I'm late for class, but it started raining and I didn't have my umbrella, so I took a taxi, but it got stuck in traffic, and it took us 20 minutes to get here. I forgot to do the homework because I had a dangerous illness. I feel like I was blind. Sorry I didn't do my homework, but I had a headache and I took some pills that made me pass out all weekend. Sorry I was late for class, but I was walking on the street and suddenly Brad Pitt appeared and asked me for directions. Of course I helped him. Well, Sean, what else do you have for us on excuses? What other common excuses are there or, or excuses? You, you said you had a little longer story on excuses. Uh, well, yeah, um, I was interested, as, as listeners know, we, we, we kind of research on the internet before we meet to talk. And I, and I came across this piece of research called the, grand, the Grandmother Problem. The Grandmother Problem? Yeah, the Grandmother Problem. And this um, this this I, teacher, I think, uh, of course, you uh, listeners can see the link on, on our website. Um, he, he took the idea of the excuse the most often excused in the states uh around exam time is that a grandparent dies um My and, it, and it, it, he he begins his post with a student's grandmother is far more far more likely to die suddenly just before the student takes an exam than at any other time of the year oh gosh <laughs> but that's such a what a terrible I mean, what a terrible thing to invent. Isn't that like I would, unless your grandparents are already gone, in which case it's easy to kind of get caught out, I suppose, on that. But it's also such a terrible, oh, I'd be really scared. I'd be really superstitious and scared of doing that myself. Um, I don't yeah. know. Um, if you take this, there's actually, um, I think it was on the Times Educational site where they, where they discuss this piece this uh, piece of research in inverted commas because obviously the guy was very tongue-in-cheek um but uh, so on the time site they were saying well actually that wouldn't work in my school because we'd insist on seeing the death certificate and things like that oh really oh my gosh that's even worse because <laughs> if it was true then how awful would you feel yeah i can totally see that happening though especially with high stakes exams that you would have to produce a, a death certificate. You know what? I would. I, I'm surprised that the the, the grandparent is the one that's because uh, that would be kind of close to the bone. I would be more expecting it to be like a great aunt, yeah, or, or my great uncle, or removed. you know, my my father's second wife's uh, uncle. You know, sort of distant enough that you could you know not feel superstitious about about kind of bringing that on to yourself. Uh, yeah, it's slightly more difficult to verify from a from the academic point of view as well. <laughs> So the grandmother problem. What else do they say about that? Well, he, as I say, this this guy takes uh, takes this problem, and he he it's a very funny piece of research. So he researches it um, as as any kind of thesis. So he puts forward how can we solve this? I mean, how can we stop the grandparents dying? And he's basically his conclusions are that at this at this rate of excuse, only the largest families ever would survive the first semester of a student's college career. So yes. in order to stop the country being depopulated, he suggests um, three pieces of advice. One, that we stop um, giving exams. Here, here. <laughs> Two, that students start lying to their families instead of teachers. And three, uh, only allow orphans to study at university. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Orphans but, or, 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 yeah, or, or children of orphans. 
Yeah, <laughs> children of orphans because it's the grandparents. So we only let you, you can only study at university if your parents are orphans, are orphaned, or or if all of your grandparents are already gone. My well, gosh. It, okay, it, so it, it, I mean, obviously, we're not being insensitive with the topic, and this is it, it sounds like we might be, but it, it was a piece of research that you can find and look into, and he's gone into great detail on on his website. There are graphs and pie charts and. And so on, and and it, it's, it's it's worth a read. But I, I think it's, I've never actually heard that excuse. Um, no, I haven't either. I have heard death in the family excuses when I think about it for exam time, and they tended to be more distant, like in-laws. I've heard it. Well, when I say I have heard it, maybe once or twice, because I remember thinking, hmm, I'm not sure if that's true or not. But um, at the time, it wasn't a particularly high-stakes exam, so I think I, you know, of course, said that the student could resit it another time. But yeah, very interesting. Okay, I so I think it leads into um, the, 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 there are a number of websites which give students advice for giving excuses, and I think uh, the top no, three that, pieces of advice. Giving excuses. Giving so if you're going to give an excuse to your teacher, Lindsay, next time you've got a lesson, first of all, find out how gullible your teacher is. Yes. <laughs> Secondly, find out how strict they are. I guess that's it if if uh, it goes wrong. Yeah. And fi thirdly, find out if your teacher likes you. So wait a second, let me just go through it again. So find out how gullible they are, how yep. strict they are, and if they like you. Yeah, apparently if the teacher actually likes you, they're more likely to believe your excuse, whether it's true or not. So the perfect constellation of, of, of things for, for an excuse to work is a, a gullible, non-strict teacher who really likes you. Yeah. Totally. Yep. Okay. So make cool. sure you buy that teacher some chocolates or something the week before you, you, you're going to make the excuse. Yes, exactly. I mean, I suppose we could always look at excuses. We're looking at excuses just from the student perspective, but there are teacher excuses as well. Normally, for things like you know, uh, calling in sick or or not being able to come to class. Oh, and again, there's advice for that on the internet. Oh, well, I'm sure there is. You see that? I mean, you must have you must have seen the spate of people that allegedly lose their jobs because um, <clears throat> they say they're sick. And then they post on Facebook. So obviously, I, I've heard about that as well. These are usually in those kind of like apocalyptic stories about social media and how like we're all becoming so stupid from it. Is this idea of like, yeah, you call in sick and then you post a photo on Facebook of yourself water rafting or something like that. But, um, to be honest, if you're that stupid to post a photo, then <laughs> but but obviously, piece of advice uh, number one is if you're gonna have called or if you've called off sick or made an excuse. Don't go on social media. <laughs> yes, exactly. You stay off social media or you put things like I'm sick in bed uh, and then wait for all the sort of sympathetic things and everything. Yeah. And the, but the best bit of advice I think I saw uh, from this was make sure you lay the groundwork and follow through. So if you if, if you know you want to be sick uh, in two days time, then go to work today and a bit of a cough and, you know, you know make noises in the staff room like you're running a high temperature like you can tell sometimes can you tell i can sometimes tell that when someone is beginning to lay the groundwork oh can you sort of, oh yeah I've, I've, i remember having a colleague at a at a private academy totally well he would confess afterwards he's like yeah did you hear that i was just getting ready because tomorrow i'm not coming in so it was, it was laying the groundwork well of like oh, i don't know i've got beginning of a headache coming on and so on i remember um i i once did a a, a a talk where i referred to some apps that teachers would really like to see and one of the ones that i talked about was an app uh, called isic which would be which was a voice modulator on your phone so that you would call in work and it would modulate your voice to sound you know completely congested or flu like and everything and saying i really like to come in but <laughs> i don't think i can um or was it in any way believable 
or was it? No, I, I don't know if it exists. Maybe it does. I there mean, are there are a surprisingly number of excuse generator apps out there. Yep. Oh wait. Okay. But it's why I think it's going a bit far if you pay sixty seventy nine p just to get an app to make an excuse. Yeah, that is a bit far. Right. So we've looked at the new dog eat my homework is technology is the new like perfect excuse the grandmother problem and excuses how to make a good excuse and uh, excuses for teachers. And now we're going to be trying again something new on the show. Uh, this is a section that Sean's been working on. Uh, it's another game for teachers, and we're calling it Timeline. Welcome to Timeline, the TEFL Commute's on-the-move game for teachers. In this game, you need to draw yourself a mental timeline and then we'll give you a number of items that you have to put on that timeline in order of invention, discovery, or first use. You'll get a point for everyone you get in the right order, and though there are no prizes, five points will leave you feeling fairly smug in the staff room. And here are this week's five things, inspired by our research for episode two, which was on stationery. Here comes the list in alphabetical order. Item 1. Coloured chalk. Item 2. The International Phonetic Alphabet. Item 3. The Overhead Projector. Item 4. The Paperclip. And your fifth and final item is a post-it note. You now have about 10 seconds to put them into the correct order. Remember you're putting them on the timeline with the one furthest away being the first invented and the one closest to now being the last invented. Off you go and good luck. Okay, thinking time's over. Remember, give yourself one point for each one you get in the correct order. And there is no arguing with the judge. We checked all our facts quite rigorously, mainly on Wikipedia. So, the furthest thing away on your timeline from now. Uh, so the first thing invented was coloured chalk. Obviously, chalk wasn't invented. It's around on the ground. But in 1814, James Pillens, the man who is also often credited with starting the modern blackboard, decided to add some colour to the white chalk he was using, thus being the first person to use coloured chalks. Second on your timeline, you should have the paperclip. Now, this one is the first of many contentious answers, uh, but the paperclip, as I found out when I was reading a book for episode two, was first invented in 1867 in the US by a guy called Samuel Fay. So that's when the US first painted it. However, that's not the paperclip we tend to use. We tend to use a paperclip called the gem paperclip. Uh, which was probably used at first around 1870, but was never patented. So 1867 still stands. And those of you who are paperclip aficionados will say, well, what about the Norwegian paperclip? Well, the earliest estimates on that were about 1901. So second on your timeline should be 1867 and the paperclip. 
third on your timeline, and again, we uh, we like to uh, to mess with your minds a little bit. Third on your uh, on your timeline should be the overhead projector. Oh, don't complain! I can hear you saying that's a new thing. Well, yes, uh, our overhead projector did start getting used in education from about the nineteen nineteen sixties. But technically speaking, Jules Dubesc, a French inventor, first used a viewgraph, which is uh, the early version of the overhead projector in the 1870s so that's the third thing on our timeline uh, number four is perhaps less contentious and that's the international phonetic alphabet um, which was first kind of used around 1886 and first published in around 1888 although it didn't actually become the international phonetic uh, alphabet till about uh till around the turn of the, the the century however 1886 when a group of french and british language teachers led by the french uh, french linguist paul passy got together and they started what was the uh, international phonetic association and as part of that they came up with the alphabet which takes us to the final thing on the timeline, which is the post-it note. And obviously, this is quite a new invention. It is actually, or has been known as the post-it note since 1980. But it was originally launched in 1977 under a different name, uh, but failed to sell. Uh, so the re when it was relaunched, it was called the post-it note. So there you go, five things on your timeline if you got all five in the correct order well done for using wikipedia but give yourself a point for each and feel very smug for the rest of the day join us again in a future podcast episode for another game of timeline I I brought something in uh, that we could that we could play a little bit here, uh, Sean. I've got something new to to, to try out on. Oh, a game! Ready? It's to do with excuses. Okay. Okay. So when I was looking for excuses, I found, of course, uh, like tons of these sites with quotes. There about are tons excuses. of them, aren't there? Yeah, quotes about excuses and failure, right? Um, and uh, there was this Is that excuse. That's interesting. You excuses and failure go yeah. together there. Yeah, so like they, they were often kind of linked together topically on these motivational quote sites. So what I've got is I've got a whole bunch of them. I want to read a couple. Well, not a couple. I want to read, let's say, six or seven to you. And I want you to answer just instinctively. Is it a deep quote, like something that you agree with that you like, or is it cheese? Okay? Okay. Cheese being something you don't like. All right? Right. So you can say deep or cheese. Of deep course, or you cheese. Can, you, okay. can, you can, you can, you uh, can, you can sort of give a few details. You can say, okay, not deep, but I like it. But Or you can say just total cheese. Okay, you ready? You can tell you're a teacher the way you've set this up. Yeah, I know. You're going to check I'm, your instructions? I'm, I'm concept checking. Okay. Okay. So deep I'm, cheese. About, deep cheese. All right, ready? Yeah. Okay. Bad excuses are worse than none. Deep. Okay, good. Uh, that was Thomas Fuller. Well, don't you think an excuse should be well thought through if you're going to use it? Yeah, that's true. Okay, let's keep going. Yeah. Don't make excuses. Make good. Oh, cheese. <laughs> that was Albert Hubbard. Okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, every vice has its excuse ready. Deep. Okay. P Publius Cyrus. Uh, he who excuses himself accuses himself. <laughs> cheese. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Uh Two wrongs don't make a right, but they make a good excuse. <laughs> Deep, because I like that. Okay. <laughs> we have 40 million reasons for failure, but not a single excuse. Oh, that's definitely a Facebook quote. Cheese. <laughs> Cheese, okay. <laughs> uh, 
People with integrity do what they say they are going to do. Others have excuses. Ooh. Mm. Deep. Okay. Uh, I like this. Okay. Mm. It's easier to find an excuse than to find a reason. Deep. Never ruin an apology with an excuse. I like that. Deep. Okay. Last one. Don't look for excuses to lose. Look for excuses to win. Oh, that's, uh, it sounds like an NFL coach, doesn't it? <laughs> Chichi Rodriguez. Someone can tell us who that is. I don't know, but it does. <laughs> um, cheese. Cheese. Motivational right. cheese. This sounds like this could be our cue to go into a new mini section. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's time for this week's teaching philosophy from a Facebook meme. A truly special teacher is very wise and sees tomorrow in every child's eyes. Author unknown. Right, everyone, thank you very much for listening. This brings us to the end of our episode on excuses. My name is Lindsay Kleinfield. And I'm Sean Wilden. And you've been listening to the TEFL Commute. Thanks, everyone, and uh, see you next time. See you next time. Bye. As your commute is coming to an end, here's an idea you can take into class. Brainstorm with the students some excuses for not being able to hand in homework. Then tell them that their homework for the next class is to write you an email giving a crazy excuse why they couldn't do their homework. They need to be elaborate with the excuse and write more than three sentences. Give points for correct language and originality of excuse. The next class, share the excuses with everyone. Which excuse was the most original? You can find the instructions for this activity at our website, www.tefelcommute.com. You've been listening to The Tefel Commute, an original podcast produced and presented by Lindsay Canfield, Sean Wilden and James Taylor. Don't miss out on any episodes by subscribing to us on iTunes and by visiting us at www.tefelcommute.com. Thank you.